The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Although it's not Thursday, we've asked John Gibbons to join us today because the Environmental Protection Agency has put out a second major national survey on attitudes towards climate change. And as Ben has told us there in the headlines, although Irish people have become increasingly worried about severe storms and extreme heat, they are becoming less supportive of climate actions that affect their spending choices. John Gibbons, thank you very much for joining us. Let me give you and the listeners some of the figures. 95% of people are aware of climate change. 89% say it's important to them personally. And 79% say it should be a very high or prior, high priority for the government. And while they say they worry about severe storms, that's gone up from 64 to 74% over the last two years, and 54% worry about extreme heat, they don't want necessarily to do anything about it that impacts on their disposable income such as they don't support higher taxes and bans on fossil fuels, John. Uh, good afternoon, Matt. Yeah, this this is the second survey, basically, in three years. The first one, um, the survey is called Climate Change in the Irish Mind, was conducted in 2021. And these are very large-scale uh, studies, so they're, they're pretty pretty robust. Now, I think it's very important to say uh, that the, the framing, how, how, how we describe this is important. So, for example, we know that in 2021... Uh, 68%, more than two in three people, supported a ban, for example, peat, coal oil and so on, for home heating. And in 2021, 64% of people supported higher taxes on, uh, on, on diesel and petrol cars. Now, those numbers are down from 68 to 59 in the case of, of uh, solid fuels and fuels, and down from 64, Matt, to 51 in the case of uh, diesel and petrol. Now, Obviously, the, the landscape has changed a lot since 2021. While obviously people's overall concerns on climate are rising, since 2021, we've had a full-scale energy crisis. So people's experience of their home heating bills, their, their fuel for their cars has been, has been really, really difficult over the last couple of years. So in a sense... Uh, as an observer, I'm surprised that these numbers are still so robust. So, for example, we still have an absolute majority, 51% of respondents favouring higher taxes on, on diesel and petrol cars, despite the fact that we've just come through, uh, as I say, two years of a, of a gruelling uh, round of price increases on energy. And equally, uh, we have an absolute majority at 59% who still support a ban on, on, on uh, peat, coal and oil for home heating. So in a sense, Matt, the, the, the numbers, given all that we've been through in the last two years, the numbers are holding up remarkably well. But shouldn't people be given a choice? Let them exercise a mature decision once they have the information as to whether they want to drive cars that are running petrol and diesel, whether they want to heat their homes with peat, coal and oil for home heating. That, you know, if they want to do so, let them do so. And they, by process of information, allow Hello? people to make the choices for themselves as to whether they want to do that or not. I think there always has to be an element of choice, but and I suppose the purpose of government really is to set signals at the top level. And what we see here, Matt, is clearly that the public is strongly saying to government, whoever that government may be, including a, a new government maybe in the next year, they're they're saying they they expect. Ireland to, to shoulder its responsibility on climate action. So, for example, the support who, of the number of people who say that Ireland has a responsibility to act and that they shouldn't shirk that responsibility, we're looking at 87%. So, I think 
And as you mentioned, the statistic of 79% of Irish people who, who believe that it should be a very high or high priority for the government. So I think the message here from the public is, look, you guys need to lead and we will follow. You need to set the price signals so that we, the public, can make the right decision. Because rather than saying it's a choice between I want to burn coal or I want to you know, have a heat pump for argument's sake, what they're saying is give us the good choices and let us make the right decision. So I think people are very teed up for this, Matt. That's absolutely clear. I mean, some of the top line numbers here, are, you know, I remember being at a, a conference when the original uh, study was being was being published back in 2021 and the american uh professor who who conducted it he he more or less said i wish we had the kind of consensus in the u.s on the reality of climate change that you guys have in ireland so we have a very good base to start from here there's there is a strong consensus but what the public are saying is don't expect us to take the hit we want the government to set the rules and we will follow those rules well something else that comes up in this The study found that 58% of people support reducing the size of the national cattle herd to reduce the greenhouse gas emissions from agriculture. But 42% oppose reducing it. Now, 42% of the population are not farmers, John, which would suggest an awful lot of people outside of the farming community have sympathy with the farmers being asked to reduce the number of cows that they have, particularly if they're informed by what happens in other countries where the agricultural practices may not be as robust bust as those practiced in Ireland. Yeah, I think that's a fair observation. And if I can give you a, a subsidiary result on that, uh, they also found that 67%, that's two in three Irish people, underestimate that, the climate benefits of plant-based diets. So I think they're actually connected. People don't, in Ireland, do not understand how big the climate benefits are of a plant-based diet. And I think, to be fair, uh, you have to give a lot of credit to the livestock lobby. They've they've made the case very forcibly uh, for livestock, and I think that has impacted these results. And um, but on the other hand, uh, if if I were that group, I would be looking at another uh, data point from the same study that found that thirty seven percent that's one in three have chosen in the last twelve months not to eat meat for env- specifically for environmental reasons. Now, this isn't a a reason for 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 farmers to throw their hands up in air in the air and despair. What it is saying is this is what the public wants. And when the public wants a change, well, then it's up to every sector, whether it's agriculture or heating or whatever, to make the changes to adjust to that. So, for example, if the public say they want electric cars, there's no point in the motor industry saying, saying well, you're not getting them. You, you have to drive a diesel. Equally, if the public are saying to farmers, look, we want to move away from, from a meat-based diet and towards a plant-based diet, rather than despairing and, and being upset about that, just say, great, we, we can obviously produce those foods as well because farmers produce vegetables every bit as well as they can produce other forms but, of But hold so, on a second, John. I have to take issue with you there on a couple of things. As you say, you know, if people want to drive electric cars, then yes, the manufacturers will supply them. But as of 2030, 2035, even those who want to drive petrol and diesel cars won't be able to because the governments and the European Union and other governments will have told the manufacturers you're not allowed to have cars with an internal combustion engine. It has to be electric. Similarly, you say that people want to move towards vegan alterna- or ve- ve- vegetarian alternatives to meat. Lots of people want to continue eating meat, but they might find it more difficult for them to get it, more expensive to get, similarly with dairy products. So the choice is being limited to them about the things that you don't like. 
Well, I don't think it's about what I like or what what I don't like, Matt, quite frankly. I mean, this study is the opinions of thousands of Irish people in a controlled way. So I think that that really the focus is is on on what came out of the research. And the research says basically that the Irish public are all up for change, right? That they are up for change. They want the government to do the heavy lifting on this and that they're prepared to make those changes. The one I mentioned on, on meat, for example, uh, we, we also say that 78%, that's four in five people, say that they have discussed climate change with family and friends. These are encouraging things. And if I can for a moment uh, pivot to the media side of things, uh, the media were often accused of getting things wrong. But in 2021, 20, only 51% of people said that they heard something in the Irish media on climate change. That that has now risen to 74% in just two years. And 71% of people say they want the Irish media to do more on climate change. Well, we're so trying to do our bit here in the last word and you will be back with us not. tomorrow. And I have lots of other things that I want to ask you about tomorrow. But I want to finish with this one because you mentioned about the fact that people are having discussions. But what's the point of the discussions if people are flying more regularly than they used to? And even younger people go on their weekends away and go on their lengthy holidays? Are there importing clothes that are coming from China and they're having them delivered to the house by non-electric vehicles rather than going to shops to get them from themselves? Is there a lot of talk with very little action to support it? I think we, we often find that gulf between how people think and how they behave. And the purpose of this kind of research is to, first of all, to explore that gulf, and second of all, to give the policymakers the tools to help us to close the gulf. Because people, what we're hearing here, Matt, loud and clear from the Irish public is, number one, they genuinely understand that we have a, a serious crisis. Now, there are some issues, by the way, about climate literacy that we might talk about tomorrow, but they do understand that we have a crisis, they do understand the need for change. So, some of your questions, like, for example, should there be an element of compulsion? You want to minimise the amount of, of stick and maximise the amount of carrot. But at a certain point, you do have to take out the stick and wave it a little bit because the type of changes and the type of time frame that we need to manage these changes in doesn't allow us to simply whistle in the breeze for the next 10 years. And it is also important to say that while, while the general public are very supportive of these, there are vested interests who are fighting tooth and nail to make sure these changes don't happen, Matt. So that's why we need that extra little push to get them over the line. But I just want one other point, James, uh, John, because we will have Charlie West in a personal finance in a moment there are lots of people who are at the pin of their conner to exist as it is and they resent when told that for the good of the environment that they have to pay more for an electric car than the car that they drive which is petrol or diesel that they may have to pay more for vegetarian plant-based foods than they would for the meat that they're used to and that they like eating who don't want to be told that you're going to have to pay more to fly on the foreign holiday that they look forward to so much I, I think, again, these are all fair points, but I think it's important to say, for example, by and large, um, vegetables are cheaper than meat. That's the number one thing. So the idea that moving towards a plant-based diet imposes costs on you is actually, by and large, Matt, is a myth, number one. The second thing is, uh, while cars bring freedom, they also bring huge financial burdens. We have many people in Ireland, for example, who are in what it's called enforced car ownership. And the average car costs the average family €10,000 a year just to keep. Now, if you provide them with good quality public transport alternatives, which isn't possible, I appreciate, in everywhere in Ireland, 
Ireland at the same time. But if you do, what you're doing is you're putting more money into their pockets, Matt, because they're using uh, good quality public transport and saving themselves money. So I think it's really important to stress that many of the changes that we're discussing this afternoon will actually result in a better quality atmosphere, cleaner water, cleaner air, uh, and also people going about their lives in a in a in a arguably in a, in a more efficient way okay. but also in a more climate friendly way I'll see you tomorrow, John Gibbons will be back with us on tomorrow's programme, I want to ask him for example about Toyota getting away from the fully electric cars, getting back to the hybrids because apparently that's what people want. The Last Word with Matt Cooper, weekdays from 4.30 Today